Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Amy Choate says that her passion for a plant-based whole food lifestyle is due to her complete recovery from debilitating depression and illness that occurred during her service as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She and Annie Miller have a book out called Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed, which they say is a guide to why we should eat real food, why it matters, and how we can live with health and energy. Amy Choate and Annie Miller join me in studio today. We're going to talk about Whole Foods. We'll get into some delicious recipes as well. And you can join us at 1-800-826-1495 or at upraxcess at gmail.com. Uh, Amy Choate, welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. And Annie Miller, thanks. Thank you. You both live in the Logan area. Yes. If if not in Logan. Um, And uh, the book is out and available on Amazon. Uh, Let me mention up front, uh, you have an event coming up? Yes, we do. We have in kind of... In the same theme of the book of sticking to to nutrition and whole foods, we have an old-fashioned mother-daughter tea party on March 26th. And uh, ages six and up, we're we're welcoming as many generations or in families. Mm -hmm. And we're going to teach about, uh, you know, dainty little things. We'll have some foods. But um, teach about herbs. Teach about nutrition. Teach about the stuff that grows around you and how to use it and how to make it work for you more than just looking pretty in your yard. Yeah. Very nice. Mother-daughter tea party. Or, you know, grandmother, mother-daughter. Yes. It'd be even better. A great-grandmother. Yeah. 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 All the generations. Uh, A good place to go would be the the website, I guess, nakednutrition.life. Yes, that's correct. It's $12 per ticket, and that includes a a teacup to take home. And... uh, Come in your best old-fashioned tea party dress if you've got it. <laughs> little white gloves for little girls if you've got them. That's the option for you if you're going to be in the northern Utah area. Uh, so I want to start with you, Amy. Uh, you have a very interesting story. Uh, I guess typical upbringing. Let's start there. You were a healthy child. Oh, yeah. Mom and dad. My dad, notorious in the Heber Valley. I don't know if notorious is the right word. Well known as a gardener. Green thumb. Mm. Grew up lots of vegetables, things straight out of the garden they canned and put everything up just I ate well as a child my mom did everything from scratch and it was it was a kind of a, a romantic childhood I really had and um I was robust I was very robust as a child played a lot of sports did gymnastics did all those kid things that kids do and when I was 21, I went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as you'd mentioned, and I was out um, a few months, and I just, I got up one morning, and I really couldn't get up. I just, I, could, I, I remember just crying like a baby, thinking, what is wrong with me? But it wasn't just that morning. It was a long string of events up to that point, and um, just super tired, sugar addiction like crazy um I didn't realize at that time it was possible to be addicted to things that weren't quote-unquote non-addictive it was sugar and uh I just I was really sick and I went through a number of doctors I was in California I wasn't in any crazy place I was just in the United States and went through a number of doctors and I think there was one doctor that just was really intuitive and he said have you been tested for mono and I I said no, and he tested me, and it was pretty severe, 
missions are rigorous, early mornings, long hours, high stress. And uh, he said, you need to go home. We'll have you come back. I went home and I just couldn't kick it. I couldn't kick it. And so I have to back up a little bit. It's never just um, one thing. Wasn't just the diet, but it was a combination of factors. It's the stress level. It's the inability to handle my emotions, to know how to resolve them. It, you know, we're we're more than just physical. We're spiritual, mental, emotional, physical beings, and the the taxation on all those different parts of me just led to an utter breakdown, and I was completely deprived. All of those things affected my nutrition. Stress affects your ability to absorb nutrients and, et, you know, et cetera. So I just, I broke. Hmm. I just broke. And you say you you never got an official diagnosis. No, well, you, I you, had you several things. Yes. And I actually, Tom, I don't even like to say specifically some of the things that mm-hmm. I, I, I got the official diagnosis of mononucleosis, but I was tested for MS. I was tested for a lot of things that, that they were concerned might be a problem. And I made up my mind I wasn't going to accept a diagnosis. Uh, I, I really had to turn, I had to turn to God because I, without being overly religious, you know, if you are a God-fearing person, you recognize that there's really only one source of healing. And I tried everything. Literally, I felt like I had tried everything. And you just, finally, I put myself in his hands and I... I said, you know, if there is God and he is real, he can fix this. Mm. And, and, he, and he has, and he continues mm. to. We're on a journey. It's not like you ever just arrive. So I'm still learning. I'm still growing. My body goes through ups and downs. But all in all, I'm way better than I, than I have been mm-hmm. ever. So I consider that great success. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just want to go back to this diagnosis. I, I, assume, I think there would be people listening who would say, <laughs> Don't advise people not to get a diagnosis, right? Yes, you need to. I'm not telling people not to get help. Of course, you need to find out what what the problem is. But um, I think the real thing we have to recognize is the problem isn't doesn't come from an outside source. Generally, it can it can, but generally speaking, we are the problem. Amy Choate was Amy Choate, Amy Ward at the time. I was the problem. I was creating my own stress. I was not, or or I didn't know how to handle it, or I, I was eating the wrong foods, or a diagnosis is just saying there's a problem here, but we have to get to the root. What's the root of the problem? I was the problem. Now, when you say you were the problem, are you talking about food? Are you talking about emotional? Are you talking about I'm talking about everything. everything. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about everything. But honestly, uh, my missionary diet was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting fed really refined foods every night, dessert every meal. There's always a dessert. Every good Mormon woman thinks that they need to put a dessert on the table. And of course they don't. You know, lots of rich, rich foods, a lot of refined products, things outside of their whole form. Mm -hmm. So that played a major, major part. Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of that. But it's it's a a number of imbalances that Mm -hmm. lead to a breakdown. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the culture, your culture, Mormon culture. Yes. Uh, It's very tied up with food. And I wonder if there is, if you think there's been a journey there, because if you, you know, think about my grandmother, um, 
even my, my mother, there's, there's a lot of natural food there. Do you, do you think we as a society, including the subset Mormon culture, have drifted into processed foods? Absolutely. In fact, Annie and I were just talking about that this morning. If it's okay, Tom, Annie, Annie has really talked about, um, I'd like to let Annie in on this one. She's very passionate about the need to change the food culture. Mm-hmm. Let me start with your story and then we can, we can morph into that subject. So, because it's related. So you, yeah. uh, you write in the book that you Grew up eating natural foods and vegetables straight out of the garden and that sort of thing. Yes, I did. And loved it. My grandmothers and my father and parents, they they grew gardens and I just adored their food. But I was still, you know, every day of junior high, I know my lunch was the greasy fries and a chocolate milk from a box and a little pastry honey bun every single day of junior high. And so I still had my definite junk that I loved. And uh, it wasn't until I was married, a newly married wife, and I was bringing my foods from my college apartment into my new apartment with my husband, Lincoln, and his mother, Catherine, was helping me unload those boxes. And she has an interesting story. I'll tell you real fast, this is where she was coming from. She had battled rheumatoid arthritis from the time her youngest was, well, one of her children, anyway, 25 years or so. And she fought it through nutrition. She never took drugs. She never took um, medication through all those years, she just fought it through nutrition and whole foods. So she had a real, real life experience that she could pass on to me that said, listen, are you sure you want to go down this path? So this is what she did as she was handing me the cans of cream of mushroom soup and cream of chicken soup and, and other such things. As she handed them to me, I could tell there was some hesitation. She didn't quite want to release them to me. (laughs) And finally, she did say, she said, Annie, are you sure you want to use these foods? And I was a little bit, that was a strange question, because why wouldn't I? I've used them all my life. And and so I looked at her and I just kind of said, well, I think so, don't I? (laughs) And she said, well, Let me just tell you a little bit about what is in some of these foods. And you might think about replacing it, and I can show you how. I can show you how to make, you know, a creamy whatever without using this this food and this and if you read the ingredients, you know, she said you you can see that a lot of this is not food. This is not real. And it will not support you and bless you. And when she said those words to me, I absolutely knew it was true. I didn't question. I didn't hesitate. And I said, well, okay, I guess I'm not using these. And we took them all back out and dumped them in the dumpster. And from then on, I've never, it's never been a question. And I'm uh, certain that, that my life has been blessed. My children's lives have been blessed because we've eliminated a lot of the preservatives and just the fake from that moment Mm -hmm. 
on. So now let's uh, have you talk about what we were talking about before, this culture shift. There's, I think there, you know, a lot of people would say there has been a shift in food. Yeah. People are, we're obsessed with food. Everywhere we go, there's, you know, an activity or a this or a that. There's a treat served at the end or a, or whatever. It's a celebration. It's all about the food. And I feel like, okay, mothers especially, let us, I have wished so much that there were more mothers on board that realized that some of these foods are not what they seem. They're in wonderfully packaged wrappers. They look appealing. They're they're new and attractive, and all the kids are doing it. But if we taught our children the truth about what was in these foods and in these packages, would we really be okay giving it to them every day, all the time? Would we really be okay to celebrate in this way? And um, I just, I envision more mothers, more teachers, more people who are give these things out freely because they want to be fun or they want to celebrate. I envision more of us stepping up and saying, wait a minute, what really are we offering our children? And if they knew the truth and if we knew the truth and understood, would we still be doing it? And I feel like in a way it's deceiving our children that this is the way we celebrate. We give you this because everybody does it. This is this is okay. But it's really not if we truly truly ask ourselves the question, what is this we're giving them? I want to just follow up there with something that uh, you wrote. You said, uh, food is not just something to put in our bellies. Yes. What do you mean by that? Well, we have to think, it's again, thinking beyond, thinking beyond. Food is built up of, food that God has created has building blocks. It's phytochemicals, it's nutrients, it's vitamins, it's, there's stuff packed in those little foods, seeds, vegetables, fruits, whatever, packed with things that we don't even know exist. Uh, We just taste it as an apple or a date or a nut. But in those are the building blocks for life. And sometimes we don't think beyond what we're putting in our mouths. It's just, it tastes good. Or it's going to fill our belly, or it's going to make that hunger feeling go away, or it's going to make that sad feeling go away. But uh, it does something. The food that we put in our bodies does something and either blesses and supports or stays there and robs or depletes or inhibits true health and growth and vitality. Mm. You also say, I want to follow this, this in the same theme, you say that the problem is not, um, it's way more than just junky food. And talking about, you know, what you feed your children and I guess what you teach your children. Well, so this is, this is, I guess the, these are the philosophies of Annie. These are not, uh, this is just my thought. And as I've thought about this, these are my feelings I have a favorite book. One of my favorite books is called When a Man's a Man, and it's an old book. And it talks about a man who, in his young adult life, um, 
realizes that he was robbed of his birthright because of the way he was brought up. I'll let anyone who wants go discover that for themselves. I won't give any more. But he was robbed of his birthright. And I've thought the same thing, that as a mother, I feel like if I don't teach the truth about food to my children and I just accept the tradition and the culture, that I truly am robbing them of their birthright to have a sound mind and a strong body. And food eventually, food can become addictive. I think I battle with food addiction. Food is just fun. And we all, I think, I don't know anybody who doesn't think food is just a fun thing. And so um, I feel that children and we as parents owe it to our children to give them the best, to give them the truth, to to offer them what is real. And otherwise, I feel like we're cheating them. Hmm. Let's take a break when we come back uh, more on uh, this very interesting subject. The book is Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed. And I have the authors with me, who are Amy Choate and Annie Miller. Um, and you're welcome to join the conversation at 1-800-826-1495. Love to get your questions or comments, 1-800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about the title of the book, Naked Nutrition. And uh, also, uh, Amy, you've written about the fact that this is not a vegan cookbook, right? You prefer yes. the the, uh, the term plant-based. I'll ask about that and how we can all get along, meat eaters and uh, vegans alike. We've had uh, some programs on this on, on, on this uh, this program, um, and I know it can be a touchy subject. I'll talk about that and much more. Again, some recipes as well uh, as we go along. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members, and support for the Utah StoryCorps Project is made possible in part by our members and Utah State University Uwina Basin. Offering over 45 accredited degree options, including human services, sciences, and natural resources. More information at uinabasin.usu.edu. For small business owners in the borderland of El Paso, Texas, you have to work both sides of the river. If I didn't have a home in Mexico, I would not be able to do this. I know how to maneuver there, and I know how to maneuver here, and I, that way I've got one foot on each side. I'm Kyle Rizdal, doing business on both sides of the border, our election year series, My Economy, next time on Marketplace from APM. Join us tonight at 6.30 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about a book, Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed. And uh, the authors who I have in studio with me say it's a guide to why we should eat real food, why it matters, and how we can live with health and energy. I'm joined by Amy Choate and Annie Miller, who are the authors uh, of this uh, book. Uh, It's available, I believe, on Amazon. Okay. And uh, tell me the date on the tea party. March 26th, Saturday. Okay. Inviting mothers and daughters, grandmothers, great-grandmothers. Yes. Dress up in your best tea party Tea party guru attire, yes. And you can find more information at nakednutrition.life. Yes. Very good. Um, I want to go back to your story, Amy, um, and wonder how broadly you think the problem goes. Uh, You know, a person could say, okay, Amy had this problem, and 
and you know we're grateful that she solved this problem through Whole Foods. Um, but I'm healthy, uh, you know, uh, eating the so-called junky food. Uh, so how does this apply to me? What would you What would you say? Well, let me see, Tom. I'm not sure if I understand your question totally. You're saying how does this apply to me? Uh, to any any listener, any reader right. of the book, how just, does it just apply more to broadly? Them? Even if they don't feel like their uh, their diet is uh, okay. Has a problem, so you say you know? say they go to the gym every day and they're totally fit and they you know they've got six percent muscle you know body fat or you know just whatever. Um, it applies. It this applies to every single person on Earth. What we're dealing with here is more than just food. I think. We're we're dealing with a couple of things here. We're dealing with food and the challenge of keeping it in its natural, naked form. Um, we're not just talking about, you know, the title of the book, Naked Nutrition. We're not just talking about eating carrot sticks in the buff. It has nothing to do with human nakedness. It has everything to do with the way God put it, keeping things in their natural form. Um, but it also applies to... It, it really applies to everyone because food is, as Annie said, it is the foundation of your mind and your character. These are the building blocks of who we are. Now, you may go to the gym every day, but how clear is your thinking? How is your ability to uh, get along with people? Are you calcium deficient? Even though it, we're dealing with so many factors, we're such complex people and so um, such complex beings that food is just one element but it is the one thing we can control now speaking of control I wanted to touch on this for a second Um, right now studies suggest that between 70 to 80 percent of packaged food in grocery stores is genetically modified now I won't go into the battle necessarily about genetic modification I will just say I am 100% against it. Um, I have seen enough evidence in my own life of what happens with my children and myself when we, we, when, when we eat it and are around it that I just, I know it's, it doesn't work for me. So I'll just leave it at that. But let's say that there is a problem. Just pretend hypothetically that genetically modified foods are bad for you and that they can alter your genetic makeup. So if 80, 70 to 80% of what we're eating in the store is genetically modified, how important, and it does affect you, it does affect your makeup, your ability to perform, your ability to think, your ability to procreate, your ability to um, be emotionally stable. Digest your food. To digest your food, to absorb nutrients. Let's just pretend that's the case. Would you think twice about what goes into your mouth and where it's been and if it has been modified and where you're getting your food and if it is, in fact, in a naked form? Mm. So you think there, and you know, I, I think a lot of us would agree with this, that you think there's a disconnect. We, we, it's, it's an automatic Absolutely. And we're not thinking about our food. Absolutely. If you do not know what's in your food, if you can't pronounce the ingredients, if you can't explain what each thing is, you really need to do a double take and say, what is that? Does that deserve a place in my body? 
So it does it does apply to every living soul. This is something that everyone should be asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we uh, you know I agree with you. We don't we don't think about it much. And you have a, a list here. Um, so naked food doesn't have stabilizers, dyes, additives, preservatives, flavor enhancers. You know the list. Etc. <laughs> Etc. Yeah. Yeah, et as I read that list, I, I, you know, I'm 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 kind of thinking, well, I, but then probably the you know the next meal I have, I'll go back to not thinking about it. But you're you're wanting us to think about it at least. We want to ask to invite people. This is an invitation. This book is an invitation to think about your food, to think about your body, to think about how you live. Uh, if it is not the way God made it, if it is not in its natural form, can we pretend that we could do better than God? Can I say something on that? Yes. Um, there's a picture in there of in the book, and it's a picture of a table with our children sitting up to the table with a spread of uh, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds. Do you remember? Are you familiar yeah. with this? Cute kids, by the way. Hey, thanks. That picture was very, when we did that, we had a day, we had one day where we did a photo shoot of about 10 dishes and we had tons of food before us. And we just looked around and thought, what a genius, what a genius of a creator to create this beautiful purple cabbage. And then if you cut it in half and see the design and the shape, and and then you have this totally different creation, a tomato and it's perfection. And then you have a carrot. And then you taste all these things. And I I just was in awe at the variety and the beauty and the deliciousness of what has been given. And I feel like sometimes it's a battle of if we could recognize a table or an offering as such the Lord has given us, as, as that picture um, indicates – we would maybe realize the other things, you know, the bag of potato chips or the saw something hilarious, the bag of raisins that are now tinted orange and introduced with orange flavor. Why in the world? Why would we need to add upon what God has created? I I feel like sometimes it might be offensive to him that we feel like we have to add to when really we're destroying what he's created. And I feel like it also teaches our children to appreciate the simplicity of what God has given and created. If they are shown the thing in the bright wrapper, the package of Oreos, are they ever going to be satisfied with a date or a slice of apple? Hmm. You're always competing with what man can create that's more bling. And I state that in my book because I feel like that's what it is. It's just bling to create great consumers of our children and or or present them with this thing in its wholeness and in its purity that will sustain them for life, not just be an instant gratification and a cheap thrill. If you just joined us, uh, we are talking with uh, the authors of the book Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed. And we're talking with Annie Miller and Amy Choate. You can join us here at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. We do have an email. I'll get to that uh, just shortly because it has to do with the topic I'm going to go to after this one. Um, I want to talk about kids. So, and, you know, anybody who's 
battled a child who's been bombarded with those advertisements know that it can be quite a battle. And that includes food, as you just mentioned, blingy food, you know, versus and you're trying to hand them a date. Uh, so how do you how do you do that? How do you combat that? How do you convince oh, the child? That's where that, I that wish more better? mothers were on board that listen, mothers, let's help each other out. Because if we're at the Cub Scout activity and you're offering them the moon pie, they're going to choose the moon pie. That's just human nature, and that's the mortal in us, that we will choose the easiest, most, oh, enticing. enticing. That's the good word, enticing thing first. We'll choose probably a movie over, our children will choose a movie over reading a book. They'll choose Disneyland over going camping, probably. But those things are cheap thrills, and they are not lasting. They are not going to create lasting impressions on the spirit and soul they are cheap they're fun in the moment but they're not going to create character or build character of course you and i can nod our heads but for a for a child so for a child thanks for reminding me we're back to our children well i flat out tell my children why is this apple red because god created it why is this gummy bear red did god create it no well what made it red. And I say, would you eat paint? Would we eat this red chair in our house? Would we go lick it? No. Well, would we eat this red gummy bear? And basically, you know, it's of course not the exact same thing, but in in a way it kind of is. It's a fake color added to make this thing red. And I've told my children that is one thing that I do not allow in the home is colored foods colored and dyed things because that's an easy thing that they can recognize if they're at church or a party or wherever they can learn to turn down a blue sucker or the bag of M&Ms because these are they're colored and and I've taught them what those things are and sometimes my children most of the time they are able to turn it down sometimes they don't and I don't get mad but hope that the teaching will sink in and that they will realize that the gift I'm giving them by educating them about the truth. So I do. There, but there are some times that a neighbor will welcome us with a plate of homemade cookies or homemade banana bread. And it might not be with the things that I would make mine with. But um, the offering is important as well. And I, I like us to say thank you by being grateful for what is offered. And it's just the the totally fake colored junk that they can recognize. Even the youngest three-year-olds can recognize that this is not okay. Mm-hmm. These can are not I, appropriate. Can I add right. to that, Tom? Yeah. So it really is, as Annie said, it really is about education. You must teach them. And you have to draw a line as a parent. You have to say, where am I willing to start? What's the line we're going to draw? And in Annie's home, it was dyes, no dyes. Um, in our home, I, I'd say we're, we're, we're along those same lines, maybe even a little more strict. Um, and you kind of have to, it's tricky because the kids are kids. How do you tell a child that's very young that they can't have something that looks so awesome? It's very, very hard. And the only thing you can offer them is education. You have to teach them the truth. And sometimes they will take 
sometimes they'll take the candy. And like Annie said, you can't, they're children. You can't beat them up. But what happens when they take it is usually the parent pays the price. I want to tell a quick story. Can I do that? Sure. Just super fast. Um, my children, uh, my oldest had never, ever had any dyed anything. Never had anything with preservative, anything. With, I mean, he just had never had anything. He was so clean, this clean little body. And at church, the hardest place, I have to admit, sometimes is at church. It just is because it's part of the culture. So uh, someone handed him something in nursery, and he came home, and it was a dyed. It was a. It was a. It was a Swedish gold, a Swedish fish, and he mm. came home, and for 24 hours, he knocked his head against the wall. <laughs> he he. I mean, he was gone. Mm-hmm. My child was gone. He was acting autistic. He was acting. It scared the living daylights out of me. Like, where? What happened to my child? And so I'm grateful for that experience, actually, because it taught me there is a repercussion. There is a repercussion. He was too young to understand it, but we tell him that story now, and he is not tempted by dyed foods. Uh, we still struggle in other areas. We're up. We're against the whole world here. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a little teaching in the home, consistent teaching, consistent teaching, and then they go out and somebody offers them something glorious. So... Uh, glorious in the term of glorious man-made packaged in bling mm-hmm. but it's it's important the only hope we have is to teach them at home and then hope that they will make good choices and keep reiterating that teaching and hope that other women and other mothers and other leaders and other community members step up and and fight this battle with us because we are selling our children's birthrights for a mess of pottage a mess of man-made pottage that just doesn't support it supports addiction and money sometimes i've had maybe i don't i hope this story is okay as well but i've had people in my life several times say annie you've just got to loosen up and i felt kind of um like what is wrong with me why can't i just loosen up why can't i just buy this package of oreos and just loosen up and say kids we're celebrating tonight And for some reason, I just, I cannot live a lie. I cannot live that lie and teach it to my children. If I buy that and bring that home, present it to them, then what is all those years of teaching that I have done? It's a a moment of weakness that I feel like I just erased by showing them that, well, most of the time we eat right and we don't buy these things and we say no, but... Tonight, we're going to celebrate with Oreos, and it's going to be fine. And I just feel like, as a mother, this is a hard battle because we need to be consistent. And it is not, it's not easy. It's and, just and lest you think, lest you think we're perfect, we're absolutely not. We, we fall and we get back on the bandwagon. The trick is to just keep going, mm-hmm. you know? I can't say that we're perfect, that we, we eat this way perfectly. We just do our darndest and get back on the bandwagon when you fall off. You just got to keep going. I, just, I want to go to break. Before I go, just briefly, um, what's Halloween like at your, your house? Oh, yay! That's a good question. <laughs> this this, this kind of gets us into perceptions and, oh, yeah? from your perspective, danger. And I, I could see maybe your households being the unpopular well, you know, Apple house. or you know, uh, What do you do for Halloween? <laughs> We have the cutest Halloween party. 
And it's annual. Every year Annie does this. Well, together oh, you do, with you. Oh, you do your own yes. Halloween to, to shield the kids from the... We do, but we make it... I don't love the holiday of Halloween anyway. I don't love the... I love to celebrate fall, and I love I love the dressing up. There's a lot of fun to it, but we create our own, our own family culture celebration, hmm. and we send out invitations, and we have a potluck with wonderful fall foods. We ask that there be no candy brought, but I did make a killer batch of sourdough, sugar, cinnamon donuts, organic cane sugar or something. Anyway, something that I felt was appropriate to celebrate that the kids were thrilled about and we did donuts on a string and they didn't miss they it. They don't miss they it. They don't miss it. They play it's games. so fun. And your family's there and your family's and f- friends, you know, your dear friends are with you and you're celebrating in a way that is truly celebrating, not just tradition that we go knock on the door and open up our bag and get the candy. That's a silly tradition for me. That I choose not to keep on. The way Annie does it is it's a tradition that serves. It serves the community. It serves our family and friends. It serves to enlighten and um, bless those who are there. We we do po- the kids memorize poems or play the piano, do a yes. talent show, and and you know we do a little dancing. And I mean it's just fun, and it teaches that we can do things differently and still enjoy ourselves we will uh, take a break when we come back more with uh, annie miller and amy choate their book naked nutrition whole foods revealed is what we're talking about uh, today we didn't do uh, veganism uh, versus uh, plant-based uh, diet and we'll get to some recipes um, some some food that you can make in the last segment of the program also get to the email that i've been neglecting um and uh, much more. By the way, you can join this conversation at 1-800-826-1495 or by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. More following break. I'm Jeremy Hobson. Bernie Sanders finished a close second in Iowa, but he won 84% of voters under 30. What is his youth appeal? For me, the most important thing that he's been talking about really is getting the big money out of politics and how companies can influence campaigns. That's not the way democracy should be. That's not the way politics should be. That's next time on Here and Now. Join us this morning at 11 on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible by our members and Culligan Water of Cache Valley. Family-owned and operated for more than 65 years, providing Culligan bottled water, salt delivery, or soft and conditioned water. Hey, Culligan man, service from the man in blue, online at culliganlogan.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We've reached our last segment with Annie Miller and Amy Choate. They're authors of Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed, which they say is a guide to why we should eat real food, why it matters, and how we can live with health and energy. The book is out on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And there's a website, nakednutrition.life. And uh, you can find recipes and other things at that website. And at that website, Amy, information on the tea party. Yes. So tell us the date again. March 26th, Saturday. And you're inviting uh, 
mothers, Women, grandmothers. mothers, daughters, all the generations of your family. Bring your great-grandma if she's still alive. Okay. That sounds like, <laughs> that's like fun. Let me get immediately to our email. Um, say, I'd like to, I'd really like to increase my protein intake. And I'm hoping maybe your guest can provide a few suggestions. I eat nuts and I eat eggs. What other options do I have? I mostly need grab-and-go snacking solutions. Thanks in advance. Okay. Who, what's, do we have a name? Beth. Just, Beth. Okay, good question, Beth. Thank you. Um, you know, I think the trick with protein is that it's hiding in so many things that we don't assume it's where we just don't assume it's in the greens and we don't assume that it's in the plants uh, like it is. So I think you have to forget about protein and just start thinking nutrition. Um, but if you want some something quick and easy, I guess I could answer this in two things. Uh, if you want some quick and easy ideas, make sure that you're getting those seeds. Seeds are less expensive than nuts. And so we do a lot of seeds at our house. And to increase the nutrition, you want to soak them overnight to remove the enzyme inhibitors and increase the, you know, they're basically germinating. You're turning them into a little bit of a plant. And then you rinse them the next morning. And then the book has some great ideas on toasting them for snacks, for salads, for soups. Say you're eating a soup that you just need a little more protein. Throw some of these on the top. You're eating a sandwich. You need a little more protein. Throw these in the sandwich. On a salad, you can have half lettuce and half seeds, toasted seeds. And we will... um, The dressings, of course. And the dressings. Here's another. That's another one. The dressings. I on the website this morning. I just put up a recipe for sunflower seed ranch, and if you do this dressing, if you make it, take the ten minutes to make it, and use that throughout your week, you will find that you can get that as a protein. My kids will eat carrot sticks and ranch. That ranch for lunch, and that'll last them hours because the dressing itself is so satisfying because it's a cup of seeds, mm-hmm. and so. Um, Definitely, like I said again, don't forget that protein is in everything. It really is in everything. It's in your greens. You get a lot of protein in your greens, but also sneak it in. Put it in your dressings. Get it into your seeds. And uh, there was something else, and now I can't remember. I'm so sorry. (laughs) While you're thinking of that, I wanted to uh, expand the conversation. You, You write in your introduction uh, about a phenomenon that I'm very familiar with, and that is uh, sometimes there can be a culture clash and even animosity between meat eaters and vegans and vegetarians. Yes. Um, in fact, it, it, I, I noticed an interesting phenomenon. I hadn't been aware of this shift. Uh, I was watching a cooking show on television. They brought out some cuts of meat, and they called it protein. I guess we're, we're not calling it meat, maybe because that's offensive to some people. <laughs> um, and so there can be fights between the two groups. What, yes. what do you say? That's why you yes. prefer the, the term plant-based. Uh, I just don't like fights at all. So we, we have found, I think, that intro to the book, it's beautifully written. My husband and I wrote that. Josh and I wrote that together. And there's room for everyone. There is room for everyone. If you love your meat, we're not telling you you have to give it up. We're not telling you you have to do anything. This is an invitation to come to a higher plane. And um, we really, at our home, we don't eat any animal products. So you'd say at home, technically, we're vegan. But when we go out, sometimes the best option is is an animal product. It's much cleaner than some of the preservative-laden products. you know, or other things that have been processed and, and adulterated. So really, 
there is no fight here. The trick is, is do we eat enough? I guess the question you ask is, do we eat enough meat as a nation that we need to say we need more meat? I think everyone will honestly say we, we, we eat enough meat. Most people say we probably eat too much. It's, it's a little too much. The meat industry is massive. We, we probably eat too much meat. I think we could agree on at least we have enough, right? So the, the next thing is, well, where are we lacking? What can we do? And the answer is eat more plants. Just eat more plants. That's, and, and there's room for everybody in that. The vegans can be happy because we're saying eat more plants and the vegetarians can be happy because we're saying you can still have some animal products. We're, we're just, we're not touting anything. I think there's room for everyone to have what they want if we will learn to be wise. The question really has, everyone has to ask themselves is, is my diet working for me? And if not, what do I need to change? Most people will say eating more plants is appropriate. So plant-based really is, it is ideal to, to focus on the plants. And if you still need something else, add it. If you still need some meat, you still need some cheese, you still need an animal product, great. That's fine. Suit yourself. But focus first on the plants. Hmm. So, Annie, I wanted to uh, uh, turn to you. Um, there's an old radio trick. Uh, sort of an insider thing when you bring a person in for uh, an interview you ask them what they had for breakfast and so they talk about the breakfast you can set on audio level so for different purpose i'm going to ask you (laughs) and then this is this is uh i guess to 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 address my concern that uh you know the recipes look great this all seems great but i'm in a hurry can you know can i do this on for a limited time, can and how creative can I get? So, with that as a background, what what'd you have for breakfast? Well, I have a lot of squash hanging around my house. I try to eat things that are in the season of uh, squash stores through the winter, and it's a wonderful gift to us. So we have a lot of squash, and instead of just having squash again, I needed to change it up. So my kids didn't think we were only eating squash every day, every meal. And so today, breakfast was steamed squash with um, some raw cacao powder and some pure maple syrup and chia seeds, a little salt and vanilla and some coconut milk. And we had a chocolate chia pudding. Mm, That does sound good. Yeah. yeah. You could and make it the night before. Mm-hmm. We steamed I steamed the squash last night and let it cool all night. I sat on my stove and this morning I just mixed it up with some honey and or maple syrup, whatever, sweetener and made it chia chocolate pudding. Mm-hmm. It was it took 10 minutes. Right. Prep time. Well, let's get into some uh, you know, some some of the dishes. And I I especially wanted I love peaches, so I I picked out perfectly peach pie. Maybe tell me about that one. Well, this is Annie's recipe, oh, okay. so I'm going to let Annie tell okay. you about this one. Well, this recipe, so I have a delicious, a lot of my recipes didn't just come out of thin air into my mind. They have been something that I've loved in my past or that I've seen a picture of that looks delicious, and then I revamp it to 
not have so not have any cream cheese or not have any white sugar or whatever. And this is one of those. It's a peach pie that I love to make at summertime and 147 Annie. Oh, thanks. Anyway, it is just it's it seems like it has a cream cheese layer. It has a nice crust made with dates and nuts and then it has the creamy filling and on top of that it has raw peaches sliced and I've made a kind of like a jelly sauce out of mashed peaches to pour over the top Mm. and you chill it and it's just like a raw peach cheesecake you wouldn't you wouldn't know that it was never anything that came out of a book called Naked Nutrition Mm -hmm. right you'd think it came out of some some sugary bakery somewhere Mm -hmm. That's in the picture. It looks like it's you know it's sugary, kind of a regular pie, but a bit, uh, it's based on the naked nutrition principles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder about a um, maybe just pick uh, favorite uh, recipes, and maybe and we've been talking about some desserts. What about um, you know a main dish? Main dishes. Oh, gee, let's see. Well, you know the cool thing about soups is they can be. A main dish or they can be a precursor to a meal right so this book maybe the biggest section is the soups we do a lot of soups and the i have to say the cream of potato and leek chowder is incredible everyone who's tried it and the feedback we've gotten has been astounding they're just mm-hmm. amazed they have they didn't know that it could taste so good and that's a man's soup mm-hmm. men love hearty chowders and you know um i'm planning to get that one up on the website so people who don't you know, may not may not buy the book. You could go to the website and get that one this week. Uh, main dishes. I'd have to say. Gee, I'm looking through here. Can I take one second and go back? Yes, to, definitely. You ask Annie about quick mm-hmm. on the go foods. Yes, the cereals in the book. The granolas are just make ahead. Some of them take ten minutes. You make a batch enough for for two weeks or a month, and you just whip it all together, store it in a glass container. There you go. Cold cereal. And once you have it done, it's good to go. Once you're done, yeah. it's good to go. The cranberry orange granola we used to sell at the market, and that was just, we couldn't keep it stocked. It's so delicious, and it's so grain-free. Mm. You know, people who can't do grains, if you're on a paleo or you're some kind of a specialized diet, it's very easy. But let's go back to main dishes. Um, I The potato casseroles always. They're all really good. How do you pick this one? Yeah, Annie has a potato casserole that is a breakfast, but it's also a dinner, and that one is just delightful. Very yummy. Um, We have a sun-dried lasagna that uh, is raw, mostly raw for people who, or you could do it all raw. We try to address every eating type, every diet, every um, preference in this book, because we're wide variety cooks our families like lots of things so this one is more of a raw dish and it will fool the best you would think it was completely cooked that had mm-hmm. been simmering and stewing I, that mm-hmm. that tomato sauce i want to say something about main <clears throat> dishes very good we, we just have about a minute left so. Oh, okay so if you get some organic corn tortillas at least if you're going to do anything organic do organic corn but organic corn tortillas those can be turned into a million different things if you have cooked lentils, cooked rice, cooked potatoes, steamed cabbage, sautéed cabbage, raw cabbage, you can layer, start with a little tortilla, 
and then just layer. You can have two things on it. You can have 10 things and then top it with a dressing, any of the dressings in the book, a sweet dressing, a savory. You have a delicious meal bursting with flavor, bursting with nutrition, and it can be whipped up in minutes. We'll leave it there. We're out of time. Uh, You can... Check out some of these recipes on the website, nakednutrition.life. And for the rest of them, you'll have to get the book, which uh, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And it's called Naked Nutrition, Whole Foods Revealed. I've been talking with the authors, Annie Miller and Amy Choate. Thank you, both of you, for coming in. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. And uh, the date of the tea party again? March 26th. Okay, that'll Saturday. be Logan. In Logan. Inviting all grandmothers, mothers, great-grandmothers, daughters. daughters. Uh, you can find out more about that on the website, nakednutrition.life. Uh, hope you'll join me tomorrow. There is uh, legislation being proposed to uh, counteract what's being called the school-to-prison pipeline. And we're going to talk about that on the program uh, tomorrow. Hope you'll join me then. Thanks for listening today. Hey, what's up? I'm Shad. Renowned soprano Misha Bruger gosman has spent two decades interpreting the greats of both classical and pop. Next time on Q, she'll let us in on the songs and artists that have inspired her in another edition of the Q Playlist. That's coming up on Q from PRI, Public Radio International. Join us this afternoon at 1 on Utah Public Radio. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan. A service of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at Utah State University, this is Utah Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Access Utah.